Today, I am ecstatic to have with me a man that I have received many questions about. Uh, his name is Charles Kirk. He goes by Chuck. Chuck, thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you, Josh, for having me. Appreciate yeah, appreciate appreciate you coming on. Tell us a little bit about who are you, because that's what I have heard nonstop is who is Charles? Who is Charles Kirk? I assure you, I am real, as you can tell. Um, I was born in Jacksonville. Uh, lived in the Baldwin area for most of my life until about ninth grade. My family moved to the south side of town and graduated from Wilson High School. Was fortunate enough to get baseball scholarships to both FCCJ and. Uh, Jacksonville University, um, and then I was even more fortunate enough to be drafted by the Cubs in the 1990 draft as a pitcher. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I played four years with them in the minors. Um, almost broke to the bigs my last year at spring training, but they decided to push everyone back down because they wanted to stagger teams. Okay. That's a side story. No big yeah. deal. But um, so that's episode of another. That's another episode of the podcast. By the way, <laughs> we're already going to do episode two on, on your experience as a baseball player. Uh, that's I awesome. Love. I taught baseball. In fact, I'm on a standby for UNF baseball for their color this year for oh, ESPN Sports. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, um, but when I retired, I met my wife four days later. So I've always teased her. I went from one career to another. Right. And we've been. Married for over 27 years. I have two beautiful daughters, Emily and April. Emily graduated from Florida State, and um, she now works in town, Orlando. And my youngest daughter, April, uh, graduated from the University of South Florida, and she now was fixing to start her master's in January. So she's a busy girl as well. Oh wow! Um, so she's down in Tampa, as, uh, obviously. Okay. Um, I just. Retired after 20 years with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office as a supervisor this past June. So oh, okay. I, uh, I went into <laughs> law enforcement. Um, it was my second love. So I've been very fortunate to do two things in my life that I love to do. You know, baseball was one and, and then doing the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office is the other. Oh, um, all right. That's so, cool. You don't, you're not friends with Daryl Daniels, are you? <laughs> he was my chief when he came run for sheriff here. Man, we just found but episode three. We got to have you trust come back me. On. We did not like that man. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's a very arrogant, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you got me on a side note on that one too. Uh, and then once um, my wife and I have been talking about me doing something, you know, for the community for a while. I did substitute teach for ten years. Um, and I, at Jackson University, I forgot to mention, I did do, uh, went to school for secondary education and physical education. Okay. You know, I always wanted to be a coach. Nice. You know, just so that's the angle I took. And, um, but then I got drafted by the Cubs, so I never got to finish. Uh, you know, okay. so unfortunately I didn't complete my degree. Sure. Um, and then life takes its turns and you just don't get a chance to go back sometimes. Um, and then I also coached for eight years as well. Um, different sports. Right. You know, so um, so I was involved with it, even though I was working for the sheriff's office. I worked 19 of my 20 years at night. So daytime was easy for me to, well, I shouldn't say easy, but better chance of me to be more involved in the school sure. systems and stuff like that. And being a substitute teacher allowed me to do that. You know, so I was exposed to children and kids, and I, I'm getting Facebook pings from kids I, you know, taught and coached, and it's pretty neat to see their family starting. It really makes you feel how old you are, you right. know, <laughs> as you see that develop, but you always hope that those children grow up to be great adults, and they all have. Yeah, that's what my wife says, uh, you know, she sees kids she used to teach 
uh, you know, it makes her feel old because she taught them when they were in kindergarten. Now they're like, you know, there's a former student of hers running for an office this year. That's like a, that? an adult that's running for an elected position. So. He's not running against me, is he? <laughs> no, no, totally, totally different. Uh, yeah, totally different race. So, so that's cool. You're you you do exist. You you are you have children. You have a reason. To, to be interested in a school board race, uh, you know, because that, that's the thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people are just asking me, who is this guy? My phone blew up. I told you this before we started sure. recording. When you filed, man, like people are like, who is this guy? What's he doing? Why is he running? Um, you know, and uh, so it's good. Good to hear from you. And we're, we're sitting in a room together, um, you know, so I, I can verify to you that this man does exist and he's a real human being and uh, uh, he's a genuine guy. So what makes you want to jump into the mess that is, uh, you know, being an elected official and being a school board member? Like, what's your desire to run? I mean, I guess mess is the easy way to put it. Right. Um, you know, the nation right now is kind of losing their mind between parents and school board members. Well, I want to be that buffer between that. You know, I'm coming in there for the parents and the children. I'm not doing it for the school boards. I'm doing it to, to support them and what they want for their children, because that's ultimately what we're doing. This is why we're doing this for the kids. Right. Because they're our future. You know, if we don't have a future, what's the use of doing this? You know, so I want to make sure that these kids have a, a fighting chance and they get the best chance possible. Right. So I'll, I'll just ask you the question here uh, on the recording. No one that is currently on the school board or no family members of any current school board members have enticed you to run or asked you to run for any reason. You you have decided because you want to run, you are running. Is that, that is right? correct. All right. That's correct. Well, I got pushed by a couple of parishioners at my church, too. Okay. They wanted me to do the school board versus city council. Okay, yeah. So so what people are what people were concerned about, and you and I discussed this briefly before we started recording, <laughs> the, the Republican Party has a tried and true trick of of running and a completely unknown and uh, sometimes very invisible person um, to split the votes to help an incumbent keep their office. So the, well, you know, I'll just be frank with you. People had a concern because you know the po- people that think they're important in the county didn't know who you were, so they assumed that the person who who is in office now that had some sort of nefarious scheme to have you split the vote in order to help them out. But I'm glad to hear that that's not the case. And I'm glad to hear you say earlier, um, you know, you, you just started up some of your social media accounts. You're not a guy who really cares a lot about social media. Um, so a lot of folks were looking for you online. Even I did, and I couldn't find you. And that, even to me, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm concerned slightly. But now that I talked to you, you know, you're, man, if I could go back in time and never have a Facebook account, I might do it at this point. Like, so I, I sort of like, you know, I, I, had, I used to think, oh, people don't have social media what are they doing and now I sort of admire them I'm like oh okay you don't have social media that sounds kind of nice actually sometimes it seemed like a lot of work yeah <laughs> to be honest with you, and I found that out already with yeah, one week of having it well, that's a way to win elections without having a ton of money. I could I could tell you a lot of stories about uh, folks that have used that effectively. Um, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because candidates who run for office in Clay County don't uh, effectively get their message out in a way that I think would be beneficial to them. Um, you know, Clay, in our county, it's mostly Republican. It's mostly a red county. Now, you're, you're running for a nonpartisan office, so don't, right. don't get too far in the weeds on this. But 
what we see a lot are campaigns that don't have a lot of details. Um, you know, Jennifer Bradley ran a completely substanceless campaign last time she ran, and there was a bunch of other Sam Garrison, a lot of local darlings that people are very enamored with. They didn't really put out what their opinions were on anything or what they wanted to do, and, and that to me is frustrating. So now I have this podcast, and I try to entice as many people as possible to come on and just talk about why are they running and what they're doing. So um, I'm going to ask you the two hard questions that I'm going to start asking everybody in season two of this podcast. First of all, I'll tell you, there is a right and wrong answer to these, and I will make fun of you a little bit if you get them wrong. First question, do you like Coke or Pepsi? Um, I actually am not a soda drinker by nature. I drink a lot of water. Have you? But you tried. If I I had to choose, I'd probably do Coke. There you go. That's the right answer. All right. So, and I already know the answer to this because you and I talked about phones earlier, but Android or iPhone? iPhone. There you go. Even though your iPhone is very old, and we talked <laughs> hey, about that. Hey, hey, but hey, old iPhones better than the newest Android, in my opinion. So two for two. Congratulations on that. So let, now that we get the hard stuff out of the way. Let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, the the everybody's favorite topic to freak out about uh, COVID nineteen, aka the Rona. Um, what are your thoughts on mask mandates? Because that was a thing that a couple months ago, um, you know, people were concerned that the school board was gearing up to uh, force kids to wear masks. Are you in favor, um, not in favor, or do you have maybe more nuanced opinion on, on mask mandates? Where do you stand? I, I don't believe mask mandates are needed, honestly, for the, especially for the children. I mean, there's been studies out there that show that it does hinder their, their learning I mean, I couldn't imagine trying to pull a mask out all the time, and then it's not being in. What's the word I'm looking for here? It's not uh, being penalized for them to carry their mask around and stuff like that anyway. So kids are are starting to slip them down over their nose and their mouths, so they're right. not even utilizing them. Yeah. You know, when they are told they have to use them, so the discipline behind it is not all the way there for that in the first right. place. So, I mean, and they're kids. They're going to fight everything you tell yeah, them not to do. Yeah, and there's, there's bigger battles to fight, in my opinion, right? I don't mean to cut you off, but what I think I hear you saying is that you you fall, I think where almost everybody falls that is reasonable on this topic, if a kid wants to wear a mask in school, that's great. You can wear your mask, but nobody should be forced, and we, we shouldn't be wasting any time. Right. And again, I believe that should be a parent's call as well. Yes. You know, it's a yep. family decision. That's yes. their family, their health. You know, should they really be concerned with someone else? I mean, the numbers are out there for everyone to look at. Yeah. Now, some of them are confusing because it depends on which angle you look at it from. Mm-hmm. This person says it's this, this person says that. You know, so, I mean, families have to take their own decision-making process and, and put it together for their own good. Well, you know, that's supposedly what's great about America, right? Everybody can can look at a situation and and think about the risk and decide what level of risk they're comfortable with. Well, if you, if you really believe be about. Yeah, if you really believe that masks work now, I personally <laughs> I don't know. I, I it's t-shirt material. I don't you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but I I have if it, if we were giving everyone actual surgical masks, I could see Maybe the logic behind it, but, yeah, these, but even these, the surgical masks aren't right. Yeah, N95s are the only masks that have been proven to be effective. Yeah, Everything and that's else what I'm saying. Is less than fifty percent. Yeah, and then they're supposed to wear them to protect themselves, right? Not others, right? I mean, yeah, and that's what I meant. The N95 masks. I'm, I'm calling it the wrong thing. If everybody had N95 masks to wear around, like. Even then, I don't think it should be mandated, but I, I think you could argue that it probably, you know, you might see some benefit. Um, but it, but again, like, you can't 
you can't mitigate every risk. Like you can't eliminate the risk of everything, and, and the risk of children dying from COVID is extremely, extremely, extremely low. It's like anyway. zero, zero, one percent. Um, so I would assume that your opinion would probably be similar on on a battle that I know is going to be upcoming as soon as the FDA approves the uh, vaccine for children 12 and under instead of it being an emergency authorization as it stands right now. The 5 to 12. Yeah, so I would assume that your opinion on the vaccines would be the same, that you don't you don't think that it should be mandated. I don't. Yeah, no. I don't either. And yeah. I think teachers need to look out for themselves as well. Yeah. I don't think they need to be told whether they want to or not. Mask, yeah, I think it was really cool. Vaccines. I think it was really cool that the district allowed teachers to take time off to go get a vaccine if they decided that the vaccine was something for them that they wanted to. Yeah, because some people reacted differently and some of them actually got sick, so they wouldn't be able to go to their classrooms anyway. Well, we, you know, well, I won't go into that story. I was going to tell you uh, how we how we caught COVID and how it's related to the school district and and people were being very careful. but you just can't, you know, a virus like this, sometimes it's just going to, a virus is going to virus sometimes. And, you know, this may, what I'm saying here may get me kicked off of uh, <laughs> some of my <laughs> podcasting platforms, but I, you, you know, do what I you got to do. It's, um, a, it's an opinion-based thing here. So, so what do you, what do you feel like, uh, what, what's your passion? If you get elected, like what, what do you, what do you hope to accomplish by being on the school board? I, I want to synthesize kids' success. You know, I want to try to, to, bond um, the community along with these children you know having like a reading contest during the summers and utilize the public libraries that we have in the county to help you know grade these books reading stuff and make sure they uh, you know if they have to do a report after each book have someone in a neutral area read those and, and have some kind of uh, award for them you know $25 gift card or, or something that would you know give these kids incentive to want to go and do this stuff yep. you know yep. because yeah. I mean like I said this is always going to be about the kids anyone runs for anything else is not in this for the right reasons yeah and I've said it on I feel like I say it on every podcast and it's repetitive but every episode but getting kids to be able to read on grade level by third grade is one of the most crucial things. If we're going to have government schools, and that's a whole other topic for a whole other day, um, you know, if they can't accomplish getting kids to read on grade level by third grade, the risks of those children, um, you know, <clears throat> being involved in things later in life that aren't good just increase, you know, very much. Well, you can see how we rank in the world as a country right. for education. That's totally unacceptable. That is not the American way. We we yeah, should be almost, first. Yeah, it's almost as everything. if the system that we've had in place for over a hundred years that really hasn't been innovated on. It's almost as though our system is stagnant and doesn't work as effectively as it could. You know, I mean, oh, what a crazy thought. But hey, hey, if you if we start talking that stuff, and especially if we say to the school board meeting, we'll be uh, be labeled point, yeah. as terrorists now, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't come for exactly. us. But uh, speaking that of right that, there, that is just. I, I'm sorry. That's just wrong to have anything would do with the FBI yeah. for that stuff. For uh, uh, I mean, parents should have their opinions, and that's what that's for. Yeah, there, there are lines you can cross, but those lines aren't any different than, than it would be if I were to see you in the Walmart parking lot. I can have every opinion I want about something that you're doing, but the minute I threaten you or, or attempt to do violence against you, then, okay, you've committed a crime. Is it is it federal law enforcement level worthy like i don't think so no. but but yeah you know so i i would uh, you know my thoughts on uh public officials whether they're school board or otherwise is that 
you have to listen to people. That doesn't mean you have to do everything or that agree. every person or agree, but you, you do have an obligation to listen to the constituents as they come and tell you their opinions on things. And I think, you know, um, in some school districts, I don't think we're there yet. I think if you look at in some, let me, let me say what I'm going to say first. In some school districts, um, they have gone so far to the left of the political spectrum that the school districts believe that they have more ownership of your children and their future than the parents do. Correct. Um, and I don't think we're there yet. I do think we are slowly sliding in that direction. I think because we're in a deep Republican county, in a deep Republican section of a fairly Republican state, we're, we're on the back end of that edge, but the whole education system is leaning that way. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, we have to be, <laughs> we need people that are going to be proactive. We, the, the, the school board needs to know that you have to listen to people. You don't get to unilaterally make decisions. And if you do, guess what? You may not stay on the school board very long. Um, so am I, am, I, am I correct to characterize you as someone who would definitely be willing to have conversations and listen to the voices of the, the parents? I'm already asking people. That's great. I don't, I'm, I'm going to ask anybody and anybody and come to me. Yeah. Give me your opinion. I mean, I, I, you can't make a, a sound decision without having all the facts. Yep. You know, just because someone says something doesn't mean it's not right or wrong. Right. It's their opinion. You know, maybe you can take a piece of what they said, piece it with something else, and piece it with what you thought, put the whole project together, and then you got something you can, you know, approach the board with. And and, and like I said, and, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to continue to say this, the bottom line is these kids. Their education is all that should matter to anybody. Right. And the bigger picture, it's always about the kids. It's got to be. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're already seeing a trend with um, organizations like the Teachers Union where they want to make education about things that don't have anything to do with education. Uh, they want to make the school district a, a thing. Um, I'm going to move this microphone closer to you. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, they want to make the school district a thing where we have to uh, affirm every feeling and thought and every every aspect of every person's life that comes through the school district and that's not that, that's not good or effective in my opinion right that the school system as it stands now should be able to stand up functional human beings that can then contribute to society they should be able to decide do they want to go to college and further their education do they want to get a job you know if they're lucky enough do they have money to like open their own business like going to business for themselves sure. you know um and and we we get all this political stuff in there where we want to affirm people's feelings and thoughts on everything and i think uh we're slowly pushing that way um and and i, I think we need to take stock of what what really should an education system do and look like and be and i think there's a lot of differing opinions and because there are so many differing differing opinions i love it when i hear candidates like you say you're actually going to listen to folks um you know and speaking of voting people out uh you know there was a longtime school board member that got voted out there's been a lot of talk about uh Term limits. Where do you stand on term limits? Are you well? First of all, hold on. Let's let me back up and say, are you looking to do this long term? Are you looking at school board being a job that you want to have for a long time? Are you looking at it as something that you want to jump in, make an impact, and then you know go back to, to normal everyday life? Or what? What are your thoughts on how you want to how you're approaching getting elected? Well, everyday life is retirement. So right. I mean, it's it's a good life right now. I can right. tell you, but um. The only reason I, I wanted to wait till I got out of my, my other career with Jacksonville Sheriff's Office is because I wanted to put 100% into this. Everyone says it's a part-time job, but it can't be. 
it's got to be a full-time job because it's it's it matters and I can't put in 100% I'm not going to do it so but saying that term limits I don't believe people should be there more than two terms at most yeah you know only because you get stagnant yep you you get you you get stubborn you know mm-hmm. evolution changes things and even in 8 years things will change yep and new fresh ideas need to be brought in yeah and so I, I agree I think two terms is most a lot of people you know, say that. That seems to everyone I talk to that's in favor of term limits sort of lands it too. And to me, that's that's usually where I find myself. Also, you know, you get elected once because you say, "Hey, I'm, if elected, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and, and, sure. and this is the way I'm going to approach the office." And then I think you know the the voters get a chance to decide after your first term. Did you do what you said, and do they want to give you a chance to to do that again? Correct. And then I think at that point, you know, that that you're with the school board, you're in there for almost a decade at that point. And just think of even from a even from a technology standpoint, like the difference between sure. now and a decade ago. It could be from um, now until um, yeah, you know, it was only the election in November. It was only twelve, thirteen years ago that like smartphones weren't a thing. Right, and, and it seems like you look back on it now, and it seems like like we've all. I'm sitting here looking at my iPhone, like I've always had this thing. How did I survive without this tiny little computer in my pocket? Right. So when you when I, I agree with you, um, you know, I think stagnation comes the longer you're in there. Um, so you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, also um, is uh, charter schools. Have you given any thought to charter schools? Because people ask me this all the time when, the, when I interview a candidate for school board, are they going to be a charter school hater or are they for charter schools? I think charter schools are unnecessary. Um, I, we only have three in the county at this time. So, I mean, it's not like we're inundated with charter schools right. in the first place. Um, you know, we don't really, the, or I say we, the, the, the school district doesn't really control them per se. Right. Um, but they still have to follow the charter schools still have to follow guidelines and yeah. stuff like that. So um, I think there should always be an option yep. for the parents, you know, because if they're not liking what the school board or school is doing for them in their district or where they're zoned at, then they should be allowed to find a place that their child gets the best education. And if they feel like a charter school is a better option or even a private school for that matter, you know, then they should be able to have that choice. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, charter schools, I think, if you look across the country, there there are some areas where they're more concerned about making a buck than they are maybe doing a good job. I haven't seen that with any of our charter schools here. I haven't yet either. There. Um, you know, the, <clears throat> you know I, I think charter schools were the natural reaction of the market. There is a market. Like, you, the school system is providing a service to people who want a service, right? right. The service that people want is to help educate their children and make them functional human beings, right? And as a society, we've decided that, you know, government schools are the way we do that. But we all see, if we're being honest, there are holes in the public school, the government school system, um, where some parents are like, Mine, the needs for my child are different than what this school system can provide. Um, and they look elsewhere. And I think charter schools popped up as an alternative for parents who are looking for something else. Now, charter schools in some areas have popped up as an alternative for, you know, uh, folks of financial means that didn't want their children, Correct. you know, th- there are some, th- there are some less than, uh, uh, less than good reasons that people choose charter schools. Some sort of, you know, I want to, there are some parents who choose that because they feel like their children are too good to go to charter schools. But I think those are the minority. I've talked to a lot of parents who are in the charter schools here in Clay County and all of them had 
their own sort of story about my kid needed X, Y, or Z, and I didn't know how to get that, and I tried to do it through the school school district, and I couldn't get it. Yeah. And some of it is even like, um, you know, like gifted students. So, like there are some gifted students who who need, you know, their parents think that their kids could be challenged more and do more things and excel and maybe learn a little faster in charter school right. sometimes. And probably they have smaller classrooms so they can get yep, more usually. one-on-ones with the teachers. Yeah, and, and I think help their education uh, out that way. I think also, too, what I see with charter schools uh, is that it's a smaller world. The school board of the, the public school system has to oversee, like, all 40-something schools or however many. Uh, whereas a charter school governing board, at least the ones here in Clay County, they govern that one school. That's correct. So it's easier to go to a person and say, like, hey, there's a problem here. And it's, it, there are, are less butts to kick when there, if a real problem pops up. And there's also less... Uh, if, a, if they find a good idea, there's less hoopla and red tape to get to navigate through to implement good ideas, too. So th- there's there's good and bad to it. Um, you know, my daughter currently goes to public schools, and, and I, you know, I, like I said before, I'm not going to say which school it is because, you know, I'm not trying to mm-hmm. call anybody out. Um, but but we have had an excellent experience with the public school that my daughter's in, both her, her kindergarten and now her first grade. You hope that's what happens to all of them. Yeah, and you want that for everybody, right? Sure. But um, I think, you know, we, we talked about input from the public. Um, and I think one of the problems the public school system has is that people just sort of drop their kids off and say, hey, public schools go educate my kid and do all the work when, yeah. when really the parents are primarily responsible for their child's success. You know, so you, you look at some of the, the kids in the school district and, and yeah, I feel for them, man. Like their parents aren't involved. Like there was this fight that happened in Orange Park. I don't know if you saw it on the news. There was a, a knife fight between 10 and 13 year olds in, in the middle of Orange Park and at a house where there's no parents. Like how do you have, you know, I just don't understand that, man. I don't understand how at 10 o'clock <laughs> On an evening, yeah. you have 10 to 15, 10 to 13-year-olds yeah. by themselves with no parental supervision and no one there to watch over what they're doing. Um, you know, I just it's crazy to me. So parents, all this is, I guess, my long-winded way of saying parents, you know, do your jobs, right? Like, you know, don't come crying to the rest of us when yeah. you don't do your jobs. You had them. Yeah. You know, you, those you are have, your yeah. children now. Yeah. That's You know, and we don't want to say it as a society. Like, we want to talk about, like, ways not to have babies. Like, hey, there's one surefire way not to have a kid. That's called abstinence. Right. You know, don't do the activity that gets you there. But anyway, that's, correct. that's a subject for another day also. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, standardized tests. Um, you know, there's been a lot of hoopla. Our current governor... And the Board of Education have gone back and forth on standardized tests. Um, what are your, gen- just in general, what are your thoughts on standardized tests? Good, bad, and different? Um, I mean, I, I think they're more bad than good in a sense because it's only having the teachers teach to a certain level just to get to the grade or, or that subject for that test, yeah. or that standard, I guess. And I, I believe teachers should push these kids beyond that, you know, and not stop at that line. And it, yeah. it makes them stop at that line because they're only focused on that line. Yeah. You know, and but your good teachers are doing that. They're going past that. And I believe Santis, Governor Santis, um, recently uh, shut down the standardized testing, if yep. I'm not mistaken. So, um, so he's he's starting to get everyone back um, to where I just said we need to get past that line. We need to start opening our horizons and start teaching these kids uh, bigger and better. You know, gosh, I hate to say it like that, but... Um, well, I think what I hear you saying, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that 
you see the same thing that I see where teaching to the standardized test limits the teachers and we need to in well, a lot also of ways limits the students yeah because which, they're stopping there correct. as well so we need to sort of take the handcuffs off the teachers and let them them let them make decisions on how they can get those kids to their fullest potential not just to the the potential they need to pass a test right and i think that has to do with the teachers union as well yeah you know that's <laughs> there's a teachers union. there's a disconnect with the teachers union versus what the kids are learning well they need to learn correct um you know the teachers union they are my biggest fans you know they absolutely love me i can imagine um, you know if you've read any of the articles well, on obviously website, they're not gonna they're gonna mama be in the same family as you yeah are. so you know well don't worry i'll, I'll, I'll i'm okay know. with it i can take it yeah they're they're <laughs> they, they talk a big game but they're not that scary so the teachers <laughs> union you know talk about left-leaning progressive nonsense man like they they uh, oh man, I you know if I, if there is a teacher listening to this episode of my podcast, I've got a bigger one coming up that's going to go more in depth to this. But I'm telling you right now, you need to stop giving money to the teachers union. You need to look at where that money goes at the national level and look at the things that you're supporting and say to yourself, Am I okay with money that I spend being, you know, spent on those other things? But yes, the teachers union, um, you know, they want more and more and more and more money like all and, and i understand i want teachers to be paid well Absolutely. I mean, teachers should be compensated well um you know i i don't think that the teachers unions i don't think that what they're asking for is the correct way of doing it i i have said this till i'm blue in the face and i'll let you talk a little bit because i feel like i'm talking a lot the teachers union limits the potentials of the earning of good teachers Teachers union covers for bad teachers. That's correct. Um, and the teachers union does not allow. It is a very socialist sort of communist. Unions in and of themselves are a very Marxist sort of um, ideology when they go to their sort of most unadulterated form. Unions, as a history in America, have served a purpose. There are a lot of companies that were greedy and terrible and deserved, mm-hmm. you know, their their employees to organize and. Um, But anyway, our teachers union seems to want to lock everybody into these steps of, well, you've been here X amount of years, you get X amount of dollars. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Let's talk about teacher pay. That's a very long-winded way of me to ask you. Do do you feel like the current, like you, you get paid more based on how long you've been a teacher is correct? Or would you be in favor of alternatives that would actually reward teachers who are doing a good job with more money as opposed to just money for being here a certain amount of time. I'm not sure why we couldn't blend those together somehow. Yeah, I, you know, um, you don't want to reward the bad teachers per se, but we want to make them better teachers. Right. You know, if there's if it's if they're capable of being better teachers. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to worry about what you're working with in the first place. Right. I always found like teachers next to the military are some of the lowest paid professionals by far and they're some of the most important people in America. Yeah. And I, Think I, just, about, yeah. I, I just don't, I just don't understand how the teachers are left behind in this. You know, the governor sets that salary set, gives us the budget money to put, put the money out to them. There's gotta be a way. There's gotta be a way for the teachers to be able to make more money. You know, grants, I mean, federal stuff. I mean, there's gotta be some way to help these teachers. Yeah, the problem that they money. the problem is that the uh, whenever there are even these merit raises that the uh, or the bonuses or whatever right. the, the official legal term was for uh, the the stuff that Governor DeSantis gave to teachers recently, um, 
the teachers union here in Clay County fought that. They wanted to spread that out evenly amongst everyone Correct. instead of doing it the way that the law laid out. And I can sort of see the argument from both sides on that. But all that is to say the teachers union handicaps their best teachers. Now, I'm very extreme in my opinion on this. I think that it, the, the way teachers get paid should be more akin to, um, you know, the way athletes are paid. Not necessarily that teachers should make $10 million or whatever, right? Because you just can't afford that. There's more teachers than, than we have money to go around, which will always sort of be the case. But I do believe that if you are a teacher who is very good at your job, you're excellent, you're in the top tier of teachers, you should be able to shop your services around to different school districts and they should have some way, some amount of their funds where they can pay you and say, hey, you're the number one rated music teacher or English teacher or social studies teacher, PE coach, whatever in the country. We want you to come here and bring your talents here, right? Um, but I know I'm extreme in that view. Uh, but Well, for public end of that, you're, you're going to have a hard time with that. But the private entity part of that, mm-hmm. that can be taken care of because that's privately funded. Right. You know, it's like you said, we're, we're limited on the funding for right. the county schools. So, I mean, even though the teachers are, are showing them to be the upper echelon of teaching, they're still going to be, yeah. you know, thrown under with everyone else. Yeah, now, I've, got a, I've got personal you know, feelings about this because my sister-in-law teaches and I've got friends who are in the school system. So I've got more um, desire than most to want to see this happen for them, you know. I think, think, you know, there's a teacher shortage. um, That is fortunately is true. And I I think one of the reasons there's a teacher shortage is that the powers that be have created – this crazy system that you have to, to go through to be certified to be a teacher yes. and the, the cost of, you know, the degree that you have to get, like, you know, you have to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, sometimes if you really right. want to get the upper tier degrees and certifications in teaching and you don't get a return on that investment based on what teachers are, are paid. Uh, and if you look at the amount of time that teachers spend with young people, with children in the country, um, you know, if you, you know, we, we should compensate them fairly. Um, you know, so if you hear me, teachers, my criticisms of your union are not criticisms of you. I think you should be paid well. Uh, there's a balance in all things, right? Like, you know, no, you're, we're not going to be able to pay every teacher a million dollars a year. It just isn't going to happen. Which but is unfortunate. We, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is, right? Like, I'd love to make a million dollars a year doing what I do. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I do think that we got to look at ways to better compensate people. Um so what, you know, one thing I will tell you is that the, the teachers union is going to come calling and they're going to investigate you uh, and they're going to want to know uh, how friendly you are to them. Um, how, you know, I think they have a little too much sway on, on everything that happens in the districts. Um, what are your thoughts in general on how much influence the teachers union has? Uh, they're not going to influence me on what I make my decisions on. Yeah. You know, it, like I said, I'm doing this for the kids. And I want to be the voice of the parents. You know, they can tell me and say whatever they want or try to talk bad about me and took negative effects on me. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be. And I'm straightforward. You're going to, what you hear is what you're going to get. Right. You know, if you don't want an answer, don't come ask me the question. Right. Because you may not like the answer because I'm pretty much straight at you. And that's just the way I've always been. Right. So... I'm not concerned with the teachers' unions and all these other stuff. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I'm not afraid of that. Yeah, you know, I, I think you should do what's right no matter who it upsets. You should be true right? to yourself. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you should. Yeah. I mean, you, why? I, that's what drives me crazy about politics. 
People are what this side says. Oh yeah, I like what you're saying. This side says, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. You know, they'll they'll speak out of both sides of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to speak forward. You know, use your whole mouth. Right. And I just, it needs to be clear. You know, and for you to pat backs on both sides of the wall is just not effective. You yeah, know, I think the, the if you're talking about ideas, you know, I, it, it's okay. I you know, if I hear a good idea. I don't care where it came from. I don't right. care which political party it came from. Correct. If the teachers union had a good idea, um, like the book fair that they did a couple of years ago when they brought in Scholastic and they had thousands of books, that was a wonderful idea. And that was spearheaded by the teachers union. And, okay. and, Somebody and God, does that now this year. Yeah, you know, and, and God bless them for that, right? Like right. a good idea is a good idea regardless of where it came well, from. Well, that goes back to what I was saying about opinions. Yep. You know, talking to people, getting their opinions. They have an opinion too. Yeah. You know, and you got to just... Use your informed information and put it together the right way. Yeah, you know, you're going to get... Don't have to, you don't have to take their opinion. Correct. You know, it's just their opinion. There, there's power in people feeling like they've been heard, though. You know, like feeling like somebody actually listened to what they said. You know, yeah. so, and, and I think that, uh, you know, it, even if you don't... Even if you can't act on everything that everybody brings you, I think people appreciate... I know I appreciate the, the times where I've come to someone with a concern or, or, or whatever, and they actually listened to what I had to say and had a conversation. I didn't always get the answer I wanted and things didn't always get taken care of the way I thought they should be taken care of. But, but I know that there's a big difference between how I feel when I've been brushed aside and how I feel when someone listened, but just couldn't do what I was asking them to do. Right. And I think that, that that's sort of powerful too. And and that's what I hope that we move towards uh, with our elected officials. All right. So I think we've covered everything. So I'm going to give you the, the, the chance that I give everybody at the end of the episode, uh, give us the 32nd elevator pitch. Why should you be on the school board? Oh, wow. Uh, um, I just think that I'm going to be very important to the, the my district that I'm going to represent and the kids in the whole district or a whole school county. Um, I want to be that voice for the parents to come to and say, this is our concerns about what we're, what's going on. And I, I just, I'm always going to be there for the kids. It's It's got to be. And, and I don't think that it should matter who says whatever they want to say to keep it out of uh, the news or whatever it is that they want to keep me away from. Um, I, I just honestly believe that I should be that guy to help put people into, or children into the positions that they can succeed. And that's, I, I think I can do that um, through being on this board. Awesome, man. Well, folks, you heard it here first. Chuck Kirk does exist. He is a real boy, uh, as Pinocchio might say, and uh, he he wants your vote. So I appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. And, uh, you know, I'll post the links to his social media um, if he has a page or website set up in the episode notes. And you can reach out to him, um, you know, if you have more questions. And I have uh, information up on the election about who I am also. No picture yet. I'll yep. get that up there in short, shortly. Yep, yep. Yeah, I may take a picture and post it on social media just so that everyone can see he's a real boy. Oh, <laughs> I got I got a picture. I got a face for radio, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, me too, man. That's why I'm doing a podcast. That's why there's no video involved. So, all right, well, we appreciate Mr. Kirk. Sure. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.